0: Hello and welcome to the DFS Coach Talk podcast. Today is Friday, April 3rd, 2020. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by the one and only sharpest GPP NBA DFS mind that I've known in my DFS career, and that is our pro GPP NBA man at DFS Coach Talk, that is the one, the only Andrew Hansen.
1: Well, thank you, coach. Yeah, feeling pretty good. Uh, We are dealing with some heavy rain here in the Northeast, a couple days in a row of, you know, mid forties and rain. The only good thing is that I think we might be done with the snow. So we're actually starting to see the grass turn a little bit green and starting to feel a little bit more like spring here with the April rains and you know, if you grow up in the Northeast and you play baseball, you you definitely have played baseball in the snow. And so there's always that chance that we'll get some snow here in April, but I'm thinking we might be done and it might be spring, which I'm excited about. Because if we have to um, keep our social distance, at least we can get outside and get some fresh air a little bit in the yard.
0: Exactly. And that helps a lot. I mean, you know, we've just gone into our awesome time to live in texas zone you know like the the end of march april may you know it's like 76 degrees during the day and about 56 at night i mean it's beautiful so at least that that's going you know and something positive for right now and then you know like four months three months from now i'll be whining about 106 degrees and (laughs) all that craziness no doubt well, uh, or how are you and your family doing? You guys staying all staying healthy? Yeah, no complaints. Good, yep. good, good. And uh, obviously everyone here at DFS Coach Talk uh, wishes well for everybody out there listening in. Uh, it is definitely a trying time, a uh, time we've never experienced in this country. But, you know, it's one of those things also where you're seeing a tremendous amount of uh, people doing good things And, uh, it's just, it's refreshing to see, uh, how wonderful a lot of people, especially here in America, uh, can be when, when the going gets tough, people just step it up. It's so, uh, you know, it's just very, uh, you just, you're proud, you know, when you see it and it's like, man, this, this is what it's about. And as terrible as this is, Andrew, I think I still want to try to spin the fact that this is gonna be like a reset lesson for the world, not just the United States, on, you know, we need each other, we're all in the same boat. Let's, you know, let's make the best of everything we can and and actually enjoy and don't take it for granted because this is one of those few times in life where we're we're all getting that message at the same time. So it's it's very interesting, man.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping we all come out of this better and that is the challenge to be optimistic and focus on the positive stories and and really look at this as an opportunity in terms of, you know, more time with family and then of course when we talk about DFS same thing we're we're trying to take advantage of this opportunity, dive in deep with our studies and reflections and come out better on the other side.
0: No doubt about it. And and one more thing I want to mention before we get going because it's it's a date today very near and dear to my heart. Uh, April 3rd was my dad's birthday, and he would have been 83 uh, today. And uh, I put a post out there on Twitter and, and in our Discord, but with a picture of him, he was the best man I've ever met, Andrew. You, you would have loved him. He just, uh, not only was he kind and giving and just I mean he would give you the shirt off his back literally he really would and he uh but he was just amazing man he he was the starting point guard on the Erie Cathedral Prep 1953 and 1954 back-to-back state championship teams hey that name's familiar uh (laughs) uh-huh it is and (laughs) so you know I grew up uh with that you know Cathedral Prep you know, his pride and all that. And then he, he first day out of high school of prep, he joined the Marines because it was the Korean war. So he served in the Marines, you know, did his uh, boot camp down in Paris Island and then went over there to uh, as a paratrooper as the first wave coming in. So it's like, you know, floating down with guys shooting at you. Amazing stories. But he was such a, a brave man, and then he came back, was a terrific coach, coached a little uh, Division II college basketball, and just was, was the greatest dad in the world. He also was a fantastic fantasy player because, as you know, we started our fantasy league in, in 1980 when I was uh, just in high school, so he was in s- several of the uh, basketball contests with us, and he actually is a two-time winner. He won it in uh, 89, and he won it in 91. His name is still on that trophy that we had floating around, this being our 40th year. So just miss him. wanted to mention and talk about him a little bit because he was just a fantastic guy. And if he was still around, even at at his age, he'd he'd be diving right into this DFS stuff. He was, you know, what I inherited most from him was his competitive nature. I mean, he just... Refused to do anything unless he could win at it. Like if he and I were on the same team back in the day in Trivial Pursuit or something, you were you were dead meat, man. It was over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would have
1: had fun squaring off against you in that. We played a lot of Trivial Pursuit in my day. But I wow. did see that tribute uh, that you gave to your dad, wonderful tribute. Um, and I learned something there, that he was senior yeah. and you're junior. So I'm wondering what he called you. Did he call you
0: junior? Well, no, he did not. Uh, I'm not, I can, I guess I can say this on the air and I'm only doing it in honor of his birthday, but at growing up as a kid, because he was Joe, they called me Joey. Okay. So, so I went by Joey the first like 15 years of my life at least. (laughs) And my mother still calls me Joey by the way, but, uh, but uh, then, you know, then I wanted I wanted to to be cooler, so I went by Joe at that time. But I I always liked JJ because it was Joseph John, but it would never catch on, dude. I wanted to be JJ my whole life, but no no dice. So well, we'll just have yeah. to roll with Coach. Yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you that the most proud moment I think that I can ever remember, except of course, uh, my kids being born, was when I got that Cathedral Prep job and was the head coach there and my dad was with me keeping the stats and everything and here his two banners of the last the only time that school's ever won back-to-back state championships those two banners were up there and then we had the ceremony where they lifted our banner up when we won it in 93 and he was crying and it just it's the, it was like the moment that i just always go back to in my life it was amazing. It's so, so blessed to have experienced that.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I caught that when you said that he was the point guard there. I knew that's where you'd coach. So it must have been really yep. special to to coach where he was the star point guard.
0: It was incredible. There's some great articles out there. If you ever look them up, uh, 54, 55. He, there are a lot of pictures of him. They called him, He was a point guard. They called him Jumpin' Joe because he had good lift. I did not get the good lift, though, unfortunately. But uh <laughs> I got a little more size. That that helped. But hey, wasn't right. that hmm? one more
1: trivia question on that sure. era? Wasn't that about the time period when Hoosiers was the real team behind Hoosiers was doing their damage close by in Indiana?
0: It was exactly the same era. When he was in high school, uh he told me stories afterwards. He remembers that story and it was in the mid 50s. So it was the exact same era. Uh of of that, that basketball. And he tells the stories about, you know, they used to take the train to go play teams, you know, Lenny Rosenblum, Rosenblum. I don't know if you ever heard of that name. He was one of the best players in college at the time he played at North Carolina. And then he was the commissioner of the ACC for years, but he got to square up against him. And there were a lot of uh, photos, uh, but man, that's, that is way back there. Great stories. though I still remember all of my tell my son, who was a good player, and I, he's already, he and his buddy, I was going nuts, man. I, they were talking uh, with this lockdown, uh, and he was talking with him about getting with his buddy and coaching a youth team. So he's getting ready to coach. I love <laughs> it. Excellent. So that's like the third generation getting ready to get out there. And my son is, identical to me and i'm identical to my dad so you talk about the the beauty of a passing generation to generation <laughs> it's it's a beautiful thing man you know it yes, really indeed. is all right buddy uh thank you uh by the way audience for listening to that It's just you know my heart is always so heavy on this date i mean i watch the clock it's like right there uh every year so thank you for letting me share that with you guys all right. Well, yesterday, as you know, um, Mr. Uh, Santino and I did a, a real sharp podcast. We were so happy with it, and it's it's still floating around in the cloud. But Skype tells us that it will. It was recorded, and it should come back, and uh, we we'll, should be able to post it by the end of the day today. So we're we're gutting that one out. And for some reason, if it's lost in the cloud. Then we'll re-record it uh, as the last basketball show when we get done. I already uh, slotted it back in there in case we have to, but Skype insists it's going to show up. So, Andrew, the big question is, is ours going to show up today? (laughs) I know. (laughs) I don't
1: have much faith in it. We'll see.
0: I mean, I checked a 100 times, is, uh, you know, I've done 250 of these this way, or at least, and I've recorded them the same way and done it, everything looks identical to the, what we've done in the past. So I think my theory is Skype, obviously, with the lockdown has like 100 times more activity than they've ever had before. So I'm thinking that might be part of it. But who knows?
1: Yeah, it has to be that.
0: I, I would think. All right, I will start off, if if it's okay with you, sir, with the sure. San Antonio Spurs, which is a bit ironic. My dad was a massive Popovich fan, uh, and he he loved the way he coached. He was a huge Pop fan, and so I'm taking the Spurs. And, you know, when we picked these, I did not put that into play. Like, I wasn't thinking I want the Spurs on my dad's birthday. But, boom, there you go. So dad's with me here giving this little – uh this little uh, Spurs review. And and I know he would want me to show a lot of respect to pop. So I will do that for sure. Uh, The Spurs, however, are 27 and 36. Uh, (laughs) They are a game and a half. uh, I'm sorry. They are three and a half games out of the playoff spot. So uh, they have to climb over the Kings, Pelicans, Blazers, and Grizzlies to get that eighth spot. And with, uh, you know, 15 games left, that doesn't look too promising. But you never know. It's Popovich. You know, he could pretty much run the table with those games. You just never know. However, it's very unlikely and very surprising, nine games under 500. And, you know, here are the stats this year that are just mind-boggling with, with uh, San Antonio. You'd never expect that. Uh, you know, first of all, their pace is middle of the pack, 15th. That's pretty much how they always are. They've been in in that middle of the pack and pace for 20 years. Uh, but this is the one that shocks me, Andrew. Would you believe the Spurs, and we've talked about this when we used to go through the, the uh, games for each day. They are fourth to last in team defensive efficiency that's the yeah, worst in his career
1: that's the number that has jumped out for us all season hasn't it
0: Mhm. it just doesn't add up I mean his the one thing he would do is it didn't matter he'd play some chumps like off the bench that nobody ever heard of and then they sign somewhere else and can't even get in the game because they're so lousy but he would find a way to get him in there and they would defend and do a good job so I'm not sure if it's that mix of guys he's got or what, but there's got to be some changes made there for sure. And then uh, as you would expect, um, as far as usage goes, DeMar DeRozan is number one, 26.6, which isn't bad, but I thought it would be closer to 30, but it's not because, you know, he does, as when we used to go through the teams, I would say don't take a spur unless it's a perfect matchup just because, not only do they share the ball, as the usage index shows here, they have seven, eight, nine, ten 10 guys between 18.2 and 26.6. So there's no nobody hogging the ball. There never usually is on his team, even when he had Duncan and Ginobili and Parker and everything, they all shared the ball. But uh, so it's, you know, between that and the fact that He'll sit anybody for rest in a heartbeat, and he also will split minutes in a heartbeat. I'm always terrified to to uh, have a spur on my starting team. I would I would venture to say if I went back and did a study of every lineup I've provided this year in the NBA, and I'm just gonna guess at this, but I think I'm right. The Spurs would probably be the least owned team for me because I I never. Put those other guys in that everybody does. Uh, people that fall for the Derek White and Forbes and Rudy Gay and you know even Murray and and those guys. It's just too risky. They just nothing. Lonnie Walker, I saw make some lineups, but you know he's you know if it's the exact perfect matchup. The only guys I've rostered at all this year has been Demar and, and Aldrich. So um, somehow. Shemeze Metu is second on the team, and I would have won that bet from you, buddy. Yes, you would have. (laughs) He's 25.9, but only in 16 games. So he doesn't, you know, that's not bad 16, but sort of here and nor there. LaMarcus, 23.6. And then you got all these guys tied, basically. Rudy Gay, DeJounte Murray, Patty Mills, Bryn Forbes, Lonnie Walker, Derek White, and Keldon Johnson – and Marco Bellinelli. So are you kidding me? And then they, these guys aren't that far behind at 15s. Luca uh, Samanchich, they call Smiley, Drew Eubanks, Trey Lyles, who a bunch of people were rostering when, when we took the break. And then here's a guy that people said they had a lock in at center. He was the best play on the card several nights there in the, towards the, before we got the break here. He's 15th on the Spurs, and that's Jakob Pertl with a stellar 13.1. Can you believe that? That he's 13th? 15th at 13% usage, (laughs) and people were locking him in.
1: Well, I've got some stats that support why you might want to lock him in. Oh, my gosh. All right. You want to hear Sure. I'll mix it in right here. Um. 53% 53% of his games he's had at least 20 fantasy points on FanDuel. With so, a 13.3 usage, that's amazing yeah, cuz he wow. he averages he averages 1.4 blocks per game even okay. though he he's only playing 16 minutes. So he's very uh, efficient when he's out there in in getting those block numbers. He and he averages 5 points and 5 rebounds in only 16 minutes. So That's insane. Um, he's been he's been very steady. Um, in, in terms of this more ceiling games, he's had three games over 30 and two over 40. So for a guy in that, you know, mid 3K, 4K range, he's a pretty solid return. He's not gonna, he, he's not gonna break the slate, but he is a solid option, pretty reliable. And and that's see, the there, hard thing to do with San Antonio is yeah. find anybody with any sort of reliability.
0: There's no doubt. But see, this is one of those demarcations in the road of are you a cash player or are you a gpp player because as a gpp player i understand you know he takes advantage of his time on the floor and he's he's a decent dfs point per minute guy but if you play a 13 percent usage guy in your cash lineup uh you're in deep deep doo-doo because you know that means the majority of the time he's just flat out not going to get the opportunity. Not that he's not good, it's just he's not going to get the chance. So, you know, that's sort of the most important thing. You know, how you perform is very key, but you got to get the opportunity before that. So, I don't know. I just, I you know, this just basically cemented in my mind that if, if we do come back and finish the regular season out, I have not been rostering Spurs, and I will not roster Spurs. I think, they are probably just on the outside looking in, even if they made a run at the end. I don't think they're very good. And I I just don't trust the way he rotates so many players and uh, the usage is all split up.
1: Yeah. So uh, let me add some numbers to what you just described. You, you talked about how DeRozan and Aldridge are really the only two guys that you've rostered. Yeah. And in terms of their opportunity, and I'm
0: embarrassed about it though because 26 and 23% usage for those two guys—that's pretty. wouldn't didn't I would have thought they were both like 30, 32 at
1: least? Well, um, yeah, and, and here's one reason why you probably would think that. In terms of field goal attempts, they're the only two guys on the team who average more than 10 per game, and they wow. actually both—they both average 15 or more. So there is just a huge gap between those two guys and everybody else. So so they yeah. are in a, in a category of their own when you think about who you might want to roster on the Spurs. But I, I did a comparison between those two, and DeRozan has really been a lot more consistent in the 40 points or more, 40 fantasy yeah. points or more. So he has had 46 percent of his games on FanDuel where he's gotten 40 points or more and he's also had 6 fi- six games of 50, one game of 60 compared to Aldridge only 36% of his games at 40 yeah. fantasy points or more and sometimes we'll see Aldridge more expensive than DeRozan. So for me the the one takeaway from this deep dive is that I do trust DeRozan a lot more and and, and again this is, all comes down to price. I mean if DeRozan right. is, you know, 7k, low 7k and you and you're thinking it's about a 50/50 chance he's going to get you 40 fantasy points or more. Well, you get a 6x return there. So, you know, it's all dependent on price. The the one other thing I'll say on Aldridge is that he was coming along a bit there at the end. Uh, Six of his last 13, he had 40 fantasy points or more. So, right at almost 50%. So, he was trending in the right direction. But, yeah. uh, Another thing I did was I looked at some of those guards that you talked about because
0: they always just seem. Yeah, I liking. never even consider them. I, yeah, I I just I mean,
1: skip right by them, man. I, I really almost never consider them or play them. But I kind of wanted to dig into Murray and White specifically. Okay. And and I, I found something pretty interesting, which is that Murray's average point total for fantasy points is only five points higher than White. But he is just by far the vastly superior option in a GPP. Because White just does not have the ceiling games. White has one game of forty fantasy points and one game of fifty. Murray has nine games of forty and
0: two games of fifty. So So bad. So so, eleven out of his fifty-eight games played. Exactly. Nineteen percent. Yeah. Nineteen percent rostering. Yeah. I mean that's a GPP play all day long, but. At 80% of the fact that he's not going to get it would would eliminate him from my cash. But good point.
1: Yeah, GPP only because 19% and for White, it's only 3%. So um, that's just one more reason to really only consider Murray and GPPs.
0: Well, if it it makes any difference, not for this year, but as we go into next year, I I still think DeJounte Murray is the best guard on that team with the most potential. I mean, because he can be an all-defensive team guy with his steals, and he can score, too. It's just the pop factor, you know? I mean, you look in there a lot of times to close games, he goes to Patty Mills. And uh, that makes it very frustrating if you try to, you know, use Murray in that type instance. But um, I'm with you, man. I I think that's, that's great points, great stats to lay out there. But, you know, for me... I can tell you right now, the only guy that I would roster literally when they come back is DeRozan. And the only uh, giant O N L Y is if they're in the perfect matchup where he's facing a team that does poor against small forwards and shooting guards. Cause he sort of can play both. But other than that, I mean, it's just, again, it, it's been fun with doing these, these breakouts, Andrew, because, you know I, more than anything it's uh, letting us see which teams are the key teams to stack and which teams to stay away from and i'm telling you i cannot tell you how many times i see people's rosters and they sprinkle in Tamar and lamarcus and rudy gay and murray and mills and forbes and walker and white and those guys all make lineups every night it's amazing to me and uh i just i i I say steer clear is my my message. I guess.
1: That's a good rule of thumb for the Spurs and DFS. That's for sure.
0: You can get stung too bad, and you know it's so competitive. If you take a guy in cash like Murray, who's not dirt cheap, by the way, right? And he throws up one of his 14 or 15 fantasy point games, you're screwed. So you, yep. you know it's it's risk reward factor. You know, if you want to roll the dice and try to hit one of those 20% games uh, in GPPs, I guess that's what GPPs are for, but you're still taking a big risk. But uh, from the contract side, this is really interesting, Andrew. I, I am sort of perplexed by this. Um, next season, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys that once next season is over are going to be free agents. We're talking DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, Trey Lyles, Derek White, and Shemeze Metu, who they've let play a little bit recently. Those guys are all going to become free, which is going to open up a billion (laughs) dollars in cap space because right now, DeRozan's getting 28 million guaranteed Aldridge 50 Rudy Gay 28 Patty Mills 26 million for guaranteed money for Patty Mills and then the other guys are also uh, fairly big money so they not this season uh, obviously but the end of next season is going to be a very 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 pivotal time in the direction of the Spurs because they're you know they've got all those guys, all their key players. They really don't have a, uh, any key players other than probably Murray locked up. Uh, past that, and uh, they're going to have probably a top five, I would guess, draft pick this year. And then they'll probably have a. I don't think they're going to be that good next year. They'll probably have another high pick. So they'll go into that summer with Lonnie Walker, uh, some uh, Lucas DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, and two other rookies that they've just drafted. You talk about rebuild. So the question is, does Pop stay? I mean, he was going to coach the Olympics this year. He's going to coach the Olympics next year. My gut feeling, and I have zero reports of this because, you know, there's no way in hell Pop would ever say anything to any media. My gut feeling tells me he, if there's a – season rest of this year he'll coach those games i think he coaches all of next year and coaches the olympics in the summer and then he rides off in the sunset because he is old he's you know the the team's in a rebuild mode and you know he just i think he's he's ready to get on with it it just you could i mean i don't know i just noticed the last couple seasons on the sideline i know he had an ill wife and she passed and so he's been through a lot of hell but it just i just don't see the same pop that i knew for 20 years out there exactly and whether it's age or motion or uh time frame whatever it's just uh that's the gut feeling i have so i think if you're a spurs fan out there you may end up with a new coach and basically a whole new team in after next season so that's that's my take there
1: yeah, I had the exact same thought process when I looked at this sheet of contracts. I think he's going to – and I think he may have even hung him up this year if he'd finished with the Olympics. But because mm-hmm. the Olympics got pushed back, I think he's going to go one more year and and you know try to develop this young talent. He'll have one more year with those veterans. And then no matter what happens, he gets to finish with the Olympics, hopefully get a gold medal, and then that will be it for him.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, man. Although the gold medal thing is very in doubt, the way we played in FIBA, for God's sakes. Although, you know, if it's Pop and they know Pop's retiring and they know how much the world needs a lift up, you know, to have another dream team out there would be such a fantastic thought. Can you imagine this time next year, we'll be getting so fired up for, we'd be ready for the playoffs next season and then a phenomenal Olympics with guys like LeBron and Chris Paul and, and all those guys that have been down that road, that would be so much fun, man. Yeah. I we... know it's a ways off, but all right. No touching the computer. I'm going to give you a quiz. You can't look anything up. Okay. All right. You have to guess the exact year, and I'm going to give you these clues, of the last time a Popovich coach team missed the NBA playoffs. Okay. Vince Carter was a sophomore at the University of North Carolina. Kobe Bryant was just playing his rookie season in the NBA. So the year prior was my team's, uh, you know, when they lost in the finals to them. All right,
1: I'm ready to make my guess.
0: Not yet. Harry Potter was (laughs) first released. (laughs) So Harry, the very first Harry Potter, Allen Iverson, rookie of the year. Pokemon was first introduced into the world. It was the year Mike Tyson bit Evander Holyfield's ear off, if you remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and would you believe it was Tiger Woods' first Masters win? Yes. And Pat Riley was coach of the year in the NBA for the Miami Heat. That's it, man. So what's the year? 96,
1: 97. 97.
0: 96 97 you are a winner you got it man can't get one past you what gave it to you the pokemon <laughs>
1: <laughs> actually i had no idea that pokemon had been around for that long
0: oh yeah yeah it's been there my kids grew up with that pokemon baloney so i had all the pokey cards My i used to have to sit there with my son for hours playing pokemon pikachu versus this guy and then whatever power, oh my god you know what we do for our kids you know yeah (laughs) oh all right dude well you you won the contest uh your gifts in the mail and uh i think i will turn it over for you to attack your squad thank you for chipping in there with some great stats on my spurs i very very informative and hopefully that gives a solid review uh for everybody to take some notes on for when basketball comes back, and you get these awesome, wonderfully coached, tradition based winning franchise of the <laughs> Sacramento Kings.
1: I guess that's my real prize for winning that trivia contest, huh? I get the Sacramento Kings.
0: That's a, an official booby prize right there.
1: <clears throat> well, they're in an interesting spot here, similar to San Antonio. They're a half game ahead of them because they played one more game. They're 28 and 36. So they're tied for 10th in the West. They have won seven seven out of their last 10. So they went into the stoppage on a bit of a hot streak. Yeah. But uh, three and a half back of Memphis. I also think they'd have a very hard time catching them. Five of their next 10 are against playoff teams if we get some more regular season action. Um, Yeah. And, yeah, they've been a little bit disappointing in terms of watchability along with everything else with their 24th ranked pace and their 19th on offense, 19th on defense. So really just kind of a slightly below average team. But like they that. they do have a lot of young, exciting talent. So there is that. And it makes you wonder, you know, what's going on with Coach Walton? Is he the right oh, he's,
0: fit? He's a bottom three coach in the league. I'm just going to say it right out. He's just awful. He doesn't know how to manage his players. Uh, He's not a strong X and O guy. I I do not like him as a coach whatsoever.
1: And I'll get into one of his big moves here in a minute. But first, in in honor of you and your focus on cash games, I do want to mention one player, Harrison Barnes. And if you open up the dictionary and you go to cash game player, it's going to be a picture of Harrison Barnes.
0: Yeah. The guy... pretty consistent.
1: He's consistent but and he has no ceiling whatsoever. So I I never never touch him in GPPs.
0: Yeah, but not a bad floor as you say. That's not a why bad floor. He's a
1: cash game player. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the guy he's played 64 he's started every single game this year. 64 games. So one more reason why he's a cash game player, he's very reliable. Yeah. He's always on the court. He's always starting. But in 64 games, he only has two games over 40 fantasy points. And they were they were 40.6 and 40.5. So he's he hasn't even ever hit 41 points this year.
0: I did have one of those on one of my really winning nights. He was part of that roster. I remember that 40.6.
1: That is his ceiling. So you got his ceiling
0: game. I did.
1: (laughs) I'm glad you took advantage of it. Yeah. Um, Next guy I want to talk about is Darren Fox, the guy who runs the show. And he's. A really nice fantasy option, and I've got a few numbers to back that up. Whether you, though. He is, but uh, for cash or GPP, he's got some appeal, and yeah. here's why. Out of his 40, he's missed some time, so he's only played 45 games. But let's see, 39 of his 45 games, he's given you at least 30 fantasy points, and 15 games over 40. So mm. look, just, com, just compare him to Barnes. Oh, Fox yeah. is... 33 percent of his games over 40 fantasy points and barnes is like around two percent well he's also
0: like three thousand dollars thirty two hundred dollars more or something like that yeah
1: yeah, no doubt um the next thing i want to get into is that big decision that coach walton made which was to put buddy healed the guy that they have more money invested in than anybody else on the team. They got and they 90, just
0: did that too. Yeah, they just they,
1: did that. They Idiot. got ninety ninety million invested in him, but they decide to put him on the bench and put Crazy. Bogdan Bogdanovich in the starting
0: lineup, a guy who's gonna be a free agent. Yeah. Uh, and, so that, and he passed up a big contract with them. Yeah. He said, Screw yeah. you guys, I'm I'm going. So he wants out of there, no
1: doubt. Yeah. Day. I mean, I, I like what Saying what Sacramento did there to try to lock him down, but he, yeah. you know, he gambled on himself, and I, I think he will get more money Definitely. on the open market. But
0: plus, he know, gets so- to get out of that hellhole with the lousy coach, a team that, you know, never makes the playoffs. You know, right, right. So that's really been the story here in in recent
1: weeks: is that Bogdanovich has now been in the starting lineup for the last 20 games, and yeah. he has been coming off the bench. And the effect has been quite interesting because for Bogdanovich, his numbers have been almost exactly the same across yeah. the board—points, rebounds, assists, steals. He uh, he basically it, it hasn't affected his performance at all being in the starting yeah. lineup. So you might be tempted to play him more. You, you really shouldn't. No. But you know, just more generally, what what type of player is He he, he does have some upside. He has three games over 40, two games over 50. So he's giving you 10% of those ceiling games. And, you know, of course, he is really priced more in that mid-4, low 5K range. So yeah. you do get some good return on him. He, he is a, a GPP option. And then with Buddy Healed, he has, he has shot better coming off the bench. He's, his percentages have been higher. But his overall numbers have dipped just a little bit right and he went from being a guy who was a nice gpp option he had he has 12 games on the season with over 40 fantasy points but in the last 12 in a row he's been under 40
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and the reason for that is he's had 10 straight games where he's
0: played less than 30 minutes so it's really strange furious if i was a kings fan man and you know let me make a couple comments on that because a lot plays into this when you know when Bogdanovich was coming off the bench, i I rostered him more often, and he's the perfect Lou williams, quote unquote, guy for yep. the fact that if you start him and he goes against the best guards from the other team, really suffocates his points, uh, DFS points. But if he's coming off the bench going against the other team's second unit, he goes crazy. And that's something that people miss in DFS a lot. They think, okay, he's starting or he's coming off the bench. That's all the difference in the world. Sometimes it's better to come off the bench. I'll tell you right now, if you go back and study all of Lou Williams' games, he's way more effective off the bench than when he has is forced to start. And that's that same theory. And the thing with Buddy Heald is he's an emotional on the, the cuff, hard on the sleeve kind of guy. He wants to be the man. He wants to take the big shot. He wants to start. Some guys just have that mentality. And once they locked him down, which, you know, has him there, then Walton did what he wanted to do and bring him off the bench. Because if, if they did that to him before he signed that contract, he would not have resigned there. So, you know, now they're triply screwed. You're you're not getting as much out of Bogdanovich. Heal doesn't like that role. They both could be doing better. And you've got Walton just jacking it all up. So, yeah, it's that's such a disaster there. And, you know, I haven't I refuse lately to roster either one of them because it's a shit show. It really is.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just baffling that they would do that to healed. I mean, I, I, you know, whether it's basketball or baseball, I've always been a supporter of, uh, you know, managing your roster and your organization without thinking so much about how much money is invested in each player. Like, you know, the minor leaguers in in pro baseball, if they get a big signing bonus, then they're treated completely differently than everybody else to get way more of a chance, even at the big leagues, which – I don't know, I don't think that always makes the most sense. but and so it, it's a little strange for me to criticize sending this guy to the bench, you know, and have one of the reasons be because of his contract. But what you're getting at there with the mentality and knowing that the yeah. field is going to be there, and Bogdanovich isn't, why would you create all this animosity, animosity
0: animosity between your head coach and your star player? because Luke Walton's a dope. and I'll <laughs> tell you it's it's amazing because. If we can see that from afar, and I, I'm telling you right now, I would bet you a million dollars that that is the scenario. You, you, it's not hard to read player body language comments, you know, the whole nine yards. And that's, I'm telling you, that's what the scenario is, and it's frustrating. The only possible one-tenth of a percent, and you tell me if you think this, this is possible, but I don't think it is. Do you think he's starting him to try to entice him to re-sign? That could be, hey. I mean, that. that's the only other thing I can think of that's even remotely a, a possibility of, you know, <laughs> we want to keep you, so you got a starting spot. And, you know, as soon as they re-sign him, then they'll flip it back and do it you <laughs> You might but be onto something I, there. Luke yeah, Walton could be a genius. What, but what a genius move. With what he watched <laughs> with Hill, do you think he'll trust that?
1: Yeah, I know, right. But uh,
0: that the, only, the one and only reason I could see. Because if you look at the analytics, you look at the rotation, you look at the just the the entire makeup of the two players, you know, it's a perfect storm that that uh, Bogdanovich is a great guy to come off the bench like Drogic is doing, and and Lou Williams and these guys to spark a team because they're the best shooter on the floor. And then Heald is just that, you know, he's the guy, he's the ego, he's the man, he wants to be out there. So I that's the only excuse I can figure out, I don't know, unless Walton's that dumb, I I don't know.
1: <laughs> We're going to find out what kind of a poker player Bogdanovich is and see if he calls that bluff or, or not, because uh, I agree, I think it would be a bluff. I think if they, they signed him because of that, then they just put him on the bench and everybody would be unhappy. So, um, yeah, that'll be fun to see how that plays out so the rest of the guys I want to mention a few other players biitza is tempting uh some nights he especially is. with the injuries they've had in the front court he gets a little bit more run but he only has three three ceiling games uh, and it's kind of funny he has three games over 50 fantasy points this year and none in the 40s ah. so he's, he's gonna give you 30 points or 50 points occasionally but the ultimate
0: um, boomer bust guy sounds yeah. like a TPP player to me. <laughs>
1: right. Um. As for a couple of the other bigs here, Rashawn Holmes is is noteworthy. Yes. He uh, he's he's only played 39 games this year, but he's had 13 double doubles. Yeah. Extremely efficient from the floor, 65% oh, yeah. from the field, and he even shoots 80% at the line.
0: Wow.
1: And how about this? He's had 10 games. Over 40 fantasy points
0: compared to only three for Bielitsa, and he's played 25 fewer games. I've been I've taken him like almost 50 percent of the time in those stupid simulations we do for that exact reason. Yeah. Because his his high game percent. I hope none of our members are listening that are uh, (laughs) playing in this competition. We're gonna see Holmes tonight, like 80 percent owned in our competition. (laughs) He probably should be uh, because. Because of those percentages. He's Um, he's a nice player. He really is. He just never gets that much of an opportunity. But he's a really nice player.
1: Yeah, he is. The only thing that might be a thorn in his side is if we get more regular season action. I haven't heard anything recent about Marvin Bagley. But I would think he would have healed from his little, you know, strained, sprained foot. Um, But frustrating for him. He's only played 13 games this year ridiculous um you know he's he's been solid he had three starts where he was pretty good um but that'll be the one thing to watch when we come back in terms of the bigs is if everybody's healthy how many minutes are are there to go around because um recently there right before the break we had to deal with harry giles and alex len cutting into the minutes of Holmes, so they've got a lot of guys there who are decent but too many mouths to feed if everybody's healthy.
0: Those ding dongs took uh, Bagley over Luca. That yeah. that's a, that stings now. How about that? Whew, thank God.
1: Last guy I'll mention, I have to here in, in honor of Mike Patry. Here we got to at least ah, mention, we got the at least mentioned <laughs> Yes. So he's been pretty steady. Uh, I think, since he, he's I come think over Patry
0: is his agent. That's my, my might be. underlying theory, yeah. He very well might be. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. in 21 games for
1: Sacramento, only one ceiling game over 40, but he has had 11 games in the 20s, so he's, you know, 50-50 shot that you're getting 20 or more fantasy points, so, you,
0: you know... Well, you can have him.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he is a little bit more of a GPP, depending on his price, you know, you have a decent shot of getting 5-6x to six X return, but... Um, that's about it for me in terms of stats that have popped out for the Kings
0: interesting yeah no I'm I'm with you man I not a whole lot of promise there but you know there is in the fact that there are some superstar potential young pieces it's just a matter of getting some you know good players around them and getting some good coaching and making some good front office decisions and let me just say it I like Vladi Divac. As a player, he was fun to watch, and he played hard. But he's just not a good GM. Man, he has made bad decision after bad decision with that organization. And uh, the best thing they can do, in my opinion, is clean house. But we say that about the Grizzlies like every other year. So, you know, I don't know, man. I'm I'm glad I'm not. Uh, I, I meant Kings, not Grizzlies. I'm I'm glad I'm not a Kings fan. That's all I can say. Yeah, I would be too
1: optimistic that the leadership would get them to where they want to go they, yeah. the only thing i would be excited about is that talent you mentioned so they yeah. they have a chance if they don't screw it up
0: yeah especially with a couple of another you know high picks coming so you know they can add some more talent to that squad how are they looking from the contract standpoint sir
1: well a lot of free agents this year. A couple of those bigs I just mentioned, Harry Giles, Alex Len, they're both free agents, uh, so they're kind of getting a free look at them. Yeah. Um, they've got, in terms of the sort of the big picture, they've got Barnes and Heald locked up long term, like we like we mentioned. You got to figure. Eighty-five million guaranteed for Barnes. Good right. God. Right. For a guy that. Can't even get you 40 fantasy points, can't get you 15. He averages 14 points, four rebounds, two assists a game. So he's just so average in every way. It's um so they've got Barnes and Healed locked up. They gotta you gotta figure they'll give Fox a nice big extension. Oh, so he'll be a ma-
0: he'll be a max type player, I think. Yeah.
1: So if they get him locked in, that'll be great. They've got Bagley for a, a couple more years. Um so they've got that's a great core to build around. Bazemore Baysmore is um, going to be a free agent, so Mike's really going to have his work cut out from this summer to <laughs> see if he can match that 19 million he just earned. I, I don't think he's going to be able to I, get a new contract yeah. like that.
0: Um, he, he reeks of the kind of guy at this point in his career that'll take like a, a minimum to go play a role off the bench for like a potential, you know, championship kind of team. Yeah, he'd, he'd be a good fit for something like that.
1: Yeah, a good glue guy off the bench can do, you know, hit a couple threes, strong yeah. defensively. So, you know, kind he's come kind of kind of a long guy. way.
0: I, I remember watching Bays more in the summer league and then he couldn't make it on any team. He got cut a couple times and he was on the Lakers and he made the end of the bench. And I was rooting for him back then. I thought he was really good because this was quite a long time ago. I mean, it had to be like nine years ago or something, but he was uh, such a hustler and he still is. And he could play some D and block some shots. I just liked his energy. So I w- early on, I wouldn't admit this to a potter face, but I was a big Baysmore backer. Cause he was one of those D league type, barely guys. Could he make the league or not? And then all of a sudden he started playing a little bit for the Lakers and the Hawks through some money at him and he actually got paid and he, now he's stuck around for nine years. So good for him. You know, i like to see those tweener guys that don't look like they're going to make it uh, come through and get paid. Like I remember Yogi Ferrell, same thing. You know, he was uh, practicing every day at the, for the Texas legends when we'd be practicing right before him or after him, he talked to the kids, they'd be shooting around together on the AAU team I coached there and you know, it didn't look like he was going to make it. He came out of Indiana as a super player and he, he just got waved a couple times. You know, he couldn't get into an NBA game to save his life. Then uh, there were a couple injuries towards the end of the year, like two years back. And he got in there and Carlisle always plugs guys in the right spot at the right time. And he had a string of about eight or ten games where he was pretty good. And then Kapawi, he gets the contract. So you gotta, you talk about life changing. You're talking about a guy. It's how amazing the NBA is. Is very similar to hitting the lottery because here's a guy where, you know, he tells stories of not having pocket money for gas. He'd have to walk. You know, he, he didn't know where his food was coming from the next day. One of those kind of guys. And then all of a sudden his bank account has $3 million in it. He's got 3.15 million just for this season, guaranteed, and just—I mean—it's just heartwarming to see. You talk about uh, rags to riches. Amazing that some of these guys can can slide in there and, and get paid.
1: Yeah, and it—you know—I similar situation with with Kent Bazemore. I still remember in yep. 2012, I went down to the Portsmouth Invitational to scout mm-hmm. everyone there, and he was one of the guys who wow you know he he was really he stood out with that wingspan and athleticism i i saw some good potential for him i didn't think he'd be making 20 million a year at this (laughs) point but um yeah it's fun to see that progression from borderline uh prospect to a guy getting paid that much and kind of reminds me of tyler johnson just in terms of timing it perfectly you know tyler johnson the contract he got from Miami getting 18-19 million a year just phenomenal timing. I mean talk about hitting
0: the lottery that was just There's So many great stories. I mean Duncan Robinson this year for God's sakes for Miami. He played division three. You don't even get a scholarship in division three. I played division two for God's sakes. He plays he played division three no scholarship money no nothing and he starts for the Miami Heat now. Isn't that unbelievable?
1: Yeah made a nice little stop over there in michigan on his way well, that's
0: that's what saved him i mean yeah. you know he got noticed by one of and, and again it's it it just goes to show you that i know that story real well uh, it was one of b scouts and he was scouting the a player from the other team it, he had no intentions to watch duncan robinson and he reported back you know put this guy on the radar he can really shoot Right. And next thing you know, boom, he gets a shot at Michigan. Now he's he's in. And I'll tell you, he's a top 10 three point shooter in the league right now. So I love just, it. I love just those imagine. Stories.
1: Just imagine if he had shot poorly that day. I
0: His Yeah. Whole life you know I mean? might have been different. Just that one click of the yep. one scout's pen yep. or he, he'd probably be selling insurance in, uh, you know, Milwaukee or something right now. You <laughs> know, yep, you got it no doubt man well anything else on the front for the kings or are we done with this rough and tumble team i think we're done with them thank god <laughs> 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 couple things dfscoachtalk.com uh click on the website you can see all our information there jump in with us even just a week membership all of our memberships are frozen so all of our members week, month or year along memberships are frozen until basketball or baseball start playing where we can play DFS games and provide lineups. So if you want to get in gr- uh, with a group that's just having a blast, we're in there every day making fun of each other and challenging each other and talking sports. We do a, uh, a coach talk challenge contest with the simulation each day uh, with real cool prizes. We're giving away hoodies and T-shirts and uh, just a bunch of fun stuff and memberships join in there. Uh, You can also look us up uh, at DFS coach talk on Twitter. We're always posting tons of stuff on there. Uh, If you want to send questions or any uh, comments to me directly, I'm at Joe Sarvati. That's J O E S A R V A D I. Our other pro is at M I K E A P O T R I A. And our third pro is at Language Olympic, and that's Andrew. Andrew is at Language Olympic, and we are the basketball brains of this squad here, or at least we try to be. Uh, I'm not sure that our simulation results always tell the story, but we're trying. A couple things, you can hear this podcast seven days a week, everywhere podcasts are heard. We are on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, and YouTube. We do ask you take 10, 15, 20, 25 seconds. Hit the rate, review, subscribe. Give us a five stars and a quick comment on uh, iTunes. We do a, a monthly drawing, and that drawing happens to be two days from now on Sunday. And uh, that's for a free month membership. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate the thumbs up uh on on uh, uh youtube as well that means a lot and just click the little bell there on youtube and this way as soon as we post this podcast each day and we're doing every day until sport starts again uh it will give you a reminder of right when uh we post it um and that's that's really the the scoop we're just uh we are not falling to the temptation of messing around with league of legends and simulations and everything we do that little contest but that's just a side thing but we focus every day as you can tell here uh, and we published it in our discord we're going every day in nba two teams at a time deep dives like we had today where you can take some good notes that are going to be a big part of winning a ton of cash when we get back to to basketball we're going to do the identical thing uh as a preview not just a a three quarters the season through like we are with the nba but as a preseason for baseball and the nfl and then when we get done with all three sports and all the notes are taken we're going to do a mock draft with our uh pros here our team and we're going to do that in all three sports and we're basing the mock draft on taking guys with the highest DFS potential. And then when the seasons play after they're, you know, they're over even throughout, we're going to see how those players total DFS points are to actually come out with standing. So we're doing a mock draft for fun, but we're actually going to be able to see who wins the mock draft once the season is played. So that you've got to come in and join in. Those are going to be multiple uh, day drafts in all the sports So, uh, you know, we'll be doing those uh, I'll, I'll give you the dates right here so you can see uh, Because that is going to be the coolest thing They start on May 21st And they run all the way to June 4th And we go NBA, then MLB, and then NFL And we're also talking behind the scenes Of choosing a member of that their their main sport is nba we're gonna we'll take a a poll of all our members if you're if their main sport is nba we'll do a, a just drawing out of a hat and have one of those members in the actual draft and we'll do the same thing for baseball and football so not only will it be those teams that focus on that sport uh i'm sorry not the teams the the pros from our team that focus on that sport it'll be one of our members so if you want a chance to jump in there uh, it's a great time also to get aboard so uh and the last thing i want to mention mamba on 3.org m a m b a o n t h r e eorg uh don't forget that's the official uh charity of dfs coach talk we support them i know with all this covid-19 stuff going on uh that fund has been uh, forgotten a little bit so we want to bring it up each day cuz it is a very very worthy cause And that's what I've got, Mr. Andrew Hanson.
1: Yeah, and I'll just wrap up and say thank you for listening. Hope everybody has a great weekend. I'm off for a few days here, but the shows continue. And tomorrow will be a fun show. It's Mike and Santino talking about the Blazers and the Pelicans. So be sure to tune in for that.
0: Fantastic. That'll be a good one. And those two are a good sketch i don't know if uh, they what a team have you seen the movie dumb and dumber oh yeah i uh, there yeah that's that's <laughs> mike and santino we love them all right my brother i think that's it uh, we want to thank everybody for joining us uh, uh, us for this wonderful dfs coach talk podcast for my fellow nba pros mike apatria and of course andrew handsome Hansen. i am coach we will look to catch you again tomorrow as we prepare to crush it in NBA DFS.
1: The basketball. The high Ball, high basketball. High basketball. basketball. Number one, Ernest Blow. Basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way to dribble up and down the court. Just like I'm looking on the microphone.